0: good evening everybody good evening. praise the Lord I've got a message this evening straight from the throne room of God Amen. Uh, I asked the Lord I said Lord you sure you want me to say this so soon it's it's uh, very fresh It's right now <laughs> and I thought he would have me wait a little longer And he said, no, it's for this Wednesday night. And so let's get into it. Amen. Amen. Father, I thank you for the anointed worship. I thank you. All the praise, all the praise be to you. I thank you for the anointing, Lord, that makes the word go in now, Father, and change things and correct things and uh, reveal things, Lord, the light of the gospel. I thank you, Father, when the light comes on, it's pure power, it's pure joy, It's pure ability to walk in the plan and promises of God. And so, Father, we give you worship this evening and much praise for the fruit that will come from your word preached in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. So the way the Lord said it to me was, um, you have to talk about discerning God's plan. Discerning God's plan. There's so many different ways to come at discerning God's plan. And... We have to be uh, skillful. This is a word I... If you ever listen to Pastor Nancy, this is one of the most prominent words. And when a word stands out like that, we're to pay attention. It is about being skillful. It is about learning. And so I wanted to call it discerning God's plan because it's, there's so much on our part for discerning. But the Lord's help is with us. We're not left without His help. We have His Spirit. We don't have to be really really smart in the natural we we have to tap into the realm of the spirit and god will show us this plan because his perfect will is in his plan his provision is in his plan his safety his guidance his prosperity is in his plan and so i was looking through the word and i thought father what's the best way to bring this out and so the first um scriptures that I wanted to talk about I I was going to read it but I don't think I'm going to focus on this as much as just kind of speak about it and then get more into other points but it's 1st Samuel chapter 15 and this is where Samuel is talking to King Saul and he gets instructions to go and to wipe out the Amalekites but there's not supposed to be anything left when they're done this is uh, judgment from previous years and battles and scourges, and God is ending it. He said, don't leave anything. And, of course, what happens? Saul decides to wipe out certain things but keep the king alive, yeah. King Agag. And, uh, and Samuel shows up, and he says, basically, Saul, so what are you doing you were given instructions to wipe it all out. You weren't allowed to keep the king alive. Why would you disobey God? And it's interesting the way that Saul uh, answers. He's, he's uh, deceived, for one. His own heart deceived him because he had instruction. It wasn't because the instruction wasn't clear. God, through the prophet, made it very clear what the instruction was, but he got into reasoning And it says right here, let's go down to, um, uh, let's see which one. Let's go to verse 18. And the Lord sent thee, this is Samuel speaking, on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil, and didst evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said unto Samuel, listen to this, listen to this. This is the prophet speaking to him. He's already heard the instruction. Listen, this is very audacious. Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people, now he's the king, so he's in charge. He said, but the people took up the spoil, the sheep, the oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice, now he gets religious, to sacrifice unto the Lord. Our God. Now be, beware because religious spirits come in and they speak and they persuade us to get us just off, and none of us are exempt. None of us are exempt. This reasoning, this reasoning, they were given an instruction, and the leadership was on Saul, and he utterly disobeyed, and then he reasoned that it was okay because the other people, the people underneath him, did that. And then Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, Saul, and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. So God's plan, when they asked for a king, that was not his highest, but he did give them a king. But Saul, from the very inception, if you, if you watch him, God's power came upon him to rule the people. He could have done good. Yep. He could have done great because the anointing came. Right. Remember, he prophesied and turned into an, like The sign of God came on him yes. to say "This is the anointing can be there for this king to rule you. Yes. And so from that point on, Saul dismisses the word of the Lord. He does not live up to anything that he is supposed to live up to as the king. And so he loses the kingdom. And so this is just one example. This is a very obvious example of the sin of omission. He did not follow God's plan to a T because his heart was wrong. Now turn with me in the scriptures to 2 Samuel verse 6. This is a different example. This is King David. King Saul had the wrong heart. King David had the right heart. Okay, So he's getting ready in this, um, this passage to bring the ark into Jerusalem up to Mount Zion. Now the ark has been out of Israel for, oh my goodness, from Saul's reign, I think it was 20 years. Saul never went after the ark. He never went to get it. As soon as David comes in, he's after that ark. And so he goes and he brings it from Gibeon. Now, this is interesting in the scriptures. I've done a study on this, and I can't really get into it tonight. But David takes the ark and sets it up in a tent on Mount Zion, which is right next to, you know, the, it's the pinnacle of Jerusalem. And he, this is where David built his house in Mount Zion. And so most people don't realize this, but when David set that ark there, God did something that he'd never done before. He allowed all of the Levites, nobody was allowed to go in to the tabernacle except into the Holy of Holies except the high priest once a year. Once a year. The rest of the Levites were in the outer courts and they were in the holy place, but not the Holy of Holies. Only the high priest went in once a year. It was very sacred. But when David took the ark and set it in Mount Zion, there was no veil and all of the Levites could go in night and day. There was an order of worship set up and no one had to, <laughs> had to go behind the veil. When I first saw this, I thought, Father, I thought the veil was rent at the cross. And you're telling me way back in David's time that God was showing an example of what it would be to go in before the ark without, without having to have the hindrance of going behind the veil? And he was showing the new age which was to come. And most people don't know that. It's in Chronicles. When David took that ark out of the tabernacle in Gibeon, he left the outer court and the holy place intact. But the holy of holies where the ark was, he took that and he brought it to Mount Zion to show a new order of worship. And all the people were allowed to go in before the ark of the Lord and worship. That's amazing. This is before the cross. I was so shocked. I've been studying this for two years now. But this was God showing what was to come. That the new order of believers under Jesus would have full access to come in before the ark. And you know, David had worship set up in teams 24 hours a day. So he's getting ready. Now this is is precursor. This is before this is established. You know the story. It's an amazing story. He's bringing the ark in, but he has not properly brought it in the way it's supposed to be transported. You know this story. There's big celebration, but because they did not do it the way God wanted them to, it says that they placed the ark on a cart, and it was shaken at one point, and Uzzah put his hand out to touch it, to steady it. His his intent was good, but you don't touch God's ark. You don't touch God's ark, because God had instructed them exactly how to carry the ark, and David had disobeyed by the sin of omission. He was not. Let me tell you something. In that great procession, he, was, he thought, I'm doing this exactly the way God wants me to do it. It was a great procession. There was no, no thought of disobedience on God's heart. But if you read that passage of Scripture a little further, you'll see that David is str- he's, he's struck with fear. He's upset with God. Because one of his men is dead. And just imagine, in the midst of a big hoopla and a holy moment, Uzzah's dead on the ground. And so he's he's afraid and he's angry. So that's flesh. And he sends it to Obed-Edom's house. And Obed-Edom flourishes so much that all of Israel looks at him for three months. And then David, I guess, the fear evaporates. He figures out what he's done wrong. And he goes and he transports the ark properly. And then the blessing of God comes. But with that sin of omission, there was great loss. And if you notice, David didn't seem to have a clue that he was doing something wrong. He did not consult with the Lord how to carry that ark. And, you know, if you're reading it, you can miss that detail. But if you, if you study it, the detail is glaring that David did not transport it properly. And so that was a sin of omission from a good heart. And yet there was great loss because of it. Okay, I'm going somewhere with this. I have an amazing testimony to share with you tonight that I'm excited about. But just stay with me. I'm showing you in the words Amen. what happens when we don't discern God's plan, the way to do things. Okay? Amen. Then we go to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27, which talks about discerning the Lord's body. And I don't know about you, but this, this has been blown wide open in my spirit. Oh, my goodness. We had it dumbed down to, you know, if you weren't perfect in taking the, the physical elements. Yeah. This, is, this is a mountain. Yeah. This is so much bigger than that. But you do have to do it worthily. But the body and blood of Jesus is always the biggest part that you're going to learn. is always in the realm of the spirit. How to discern the body. And if you don't discern your place in the body, yeah. then there's, there's going to be problems. Yeah. And you have the Holy Spirit to help you. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is very patient. And I really believe you, you, get, you get years for certain things. You get years to get things right. So don't, don't be condemned and don't be afraid. Because this message is to shed light. Yeah. And for you to get in a good place and begin to seek the Lord. Yeah. And, uh, and we're, we're meant to walk in light, we're not meant to be missing it, right? And so um, I'll take you to, remember Dad Hagen's story in I Believe in Visions? In the hospital visitor where Jesus came and visited him and said, you know, you're putting the teacher's office in front of the prophet's office and if I hadn't corrected you, you would have died at 55, which means Ramah would have never existed. And, uh, and he said, You know, Lord, he was so shocked. He was so surprised. And yet in that vision, the Lord said, I've told you about this three or four times. And I've come now to meet with you. This is the mercy of God. This is the mercy of God because Dad Hagen was missing it. He was not trying to... He's in ministry. He's not trying to get it wrong. But he was. And so the Lord was there to correct him because he wanted longevity out of him. He wanted things to go well with him. And so... That story is amazing because you have to discern your place in the body. You have to seek the Lord for it. And we, we got to be listening to how God is moving with us. And we have to know to seek. And I'm going to get into that a little bit more a little bit later. But I'm trying to get through a couple of points to get us established here tonight, okay? Okay, so um, we go to Pastor Nancy's camp meeting in June and uh, we got quite an entourage going in there so wonderful to go and see all the Canadians there and you know our our church is just they love having us come so we get there and on Monday night mom gets up and starts talking about women and women missing it and not stepping into their place and and she said the men can learn from it too because the lessons are principled It's not just for women, but she's, God obviously had her touching it because a lot of women miss it in that area. Yeah. And so I remember as she's talking, I'm leaning in and I'm leaning in, and it hit me about 15 minutes in. This is unusual. This, this message is unusual. Yeah. And, and if you know mom, and everything about her screams that she doesn't really promote like women's ministry. Like She promotes people in ministry, women or men. But it's not, she's not really into all the zhuzh of women's ministry. You know, she, she just. You know how she is, right? So for her to get up and begin to really focus on women and stay there and begin to talk about how women can miss it, how she said this. She said, you can get into your ministry but not get into it in fullness. And she said, if you don't get into it in fullness, that's dangerous. And so I remember when it clicked, I remember thinking, I remember saying to myself, you'd better listen. This is unusual. Like, you better pay attention. Because at first it was just like, oh, yeah, praise the Lord, amen. You know, you get into your amen stance and, you, you know, you're responding, right? And uh, you can miss the whole thing responding. Uh, it's right to respond, but you've you got to respond from your heart. You've got to listen. And so as she's talking... Um, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit so strong come down upon me. And it felt like he came down upon me. I know it sounds unusual because usually an angel will stand left or right. But he came and it seemed to me he was on my left side. Now, I know he lives in me, but that's just the way I felt it. My left side got very heavy and I heard the Holy Spirit say, listen to her. And the room, it felt like all the air got sucked in. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I've experienced that many times where the room, it feels, it gets hot, because I can feel the presence of God come down. He's saying to me, you better listen, this is for you. And so I'm listening, and I know it's for me, and I said to the Lord, I know this is for me, but I have to be careful that I don't start running around in my mind, trying to figure out in the natural what I'm doing wrong because she's talking about women not fulfilling their course, women getting sick, women not stepping into the fullness, women uh, stepping halfway in, not discerning their call, not taking their place with the man of God in their life. I mean, there's a whole, there was, if you haven't listened to it, it's masterful. It's so masterful. And so, and of course, the principles actually apply to men that are supporting a more dominant Ministry office So if you're here and, and your wife Is you know the more dominant You're called to the ministry too But you, you need to listen Because this, all these things apply to you Exactly to you And you can't afford to miss it forever There's great grace Okay so in my mind I said Well Lord I know you're talking to me But I'm not I can't grasp Because I could get the wrong things And then I'm trying to change things That don't even need to be changed yeah. I said, so I need you to reveal this to me because I'm obviously dull because I truly don't know what, where I'm missing it, but I know that I am because you just said you better listen. And so I get to the back room and I go to a pastor's table and we're just talking and all of a sudden she just turns and looks at me. She goes, listen. She said, when God showed me the dream of me dying early in the casket, she said, I was pastoring full time. She said, I was traveling with Ed. She said, I was raising the kids, and she said, I was praying like I'd never prayed before. She said, if you had asked me, I would have said, I'm checking all the boxes. I'm checking the boxes. I'm I'm, I'm qualifying. But when God started to speak to her, he began to focus on those boxes and began to tweak her where she was missing it because we need the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into these things, right? And so... Uh, as she's talking to me, I'm going, Mom, I'm, I'm noting what you're saying. So I went home and I began to seek the Lord. And, uh, and when I went to camp meeting, um, probably uh, in 2020, just very, very, I'm trying to tie this all together. <laughs> and we will get there, we'll get there. But in 2020, um, I would go to bed at night and I would feel almost like a breathlessness in my heart. Like a whew, almost like a little valve open up. That's what it felt like. And the, if, almost like if, I, if it was any stronger, I would have coughed. Mm-hmm. And I felt it in my heart. So at first I thought, okay, whatever. I rebuke you, devil. You know what I mean, right? And then when I would lay my head down on the pillow, I would hear a strong whoosh, whoosh. I could hear my heartbeat in my head. Very, very, it was disturbing. It was so loud. Now, God's told me to tell you this tonight. Okay, I don't always tell everything, but I, I'm happy to tell you. But I'm just saying the Lord has instructed me to tell you Amen. so you can learn from it. Yes. Amen. And so it was disturbing, but I didn't feel a lot of fear. I just got into my, started, you know, to thank the Lord and get into my scriptures. Because healing does belong to us. But it did bother me in one way because I felt like, Father, I know I've, I'm going to be learning until the rapture, you know, after it. I have not arrived, but I'm, I'm my strongest spiritually I've ever been. I'm my most devoted I've ever been. And so I guess this is just an attack of the enemy. So when I went down there, she gave a call for hearts. I was gunning for Thursday night when the healing service was on because I was saying when she lays her hands on me, I'm going to receive. Healing is going to go into my heart. and It's going to go up and touch my brain. And that whoosh is going to go, and I'm going to receive my healing. And so when she touched me, I fell down. And it was not a courtesy fall. I felt the power of God go in. And so I was rejoicing. But now I'm going home with the knowledge that God spoke to me in that service and said, you better listen. Okay, I said, okay, Father, I need you to reveal to me where I'm missing it. Because if you ask me not that I'm perfect, I, I know I'm not, not at all, but I said, when Craig asked me to pray, I pray. When he asked me to travel with them, I'm traveling with them. I'm raising the kids. I'm doing more than I've ever done, so I don't want to do this in my head. It was very important to me not to do that in my head. And so um, I went home armed with this. I said, you're gonna have to show me, and you're gonna have to show me distinctly so that I can improve and change in these areas because this is dangerous if I'm doing sins of omission, which they are because I was checking myself and I truly was not in the know. Which is surprising, right? Usually you kind of know where you're getting it wrong. But I didn't. And God gave me five areas, and I'm actually not finished. I know that. In this season, there's five areas, but there's more alignments coming. And I count that as great love to me. I am so thrilled. Because when I turned 40, I could get uh, healing before that was easy. It was easy. And strong things, you know, Quinn's face getting healed, hips getting healed, lump in the breast getting healed. By the way, it's not God's will. If you're going through attack after attack, there's doors open. Yeah, that's right. The devil does not have that much power. You can have attacks against you that are not always you opening a door. But if there is a, if you're always believing, you're always believing, you're always, there's doors open. You just don't know what they are. Or you do and you won't change but believe God, because he'll give you the grace to change it. He really will. He really will. And so um, he gave me five areas to change. And um, let me just give you some background. Uh, when, When I was 22, well, I was 19, I moved to Toronto, and I moved to be with my brother. And at 22, God began to move in us. We would always go, we still do it, we still go for prayer walks. We've done it for decades, the last two decades. And on those walks, the gifts of the spirit would begin to operate. And um, so his presence in my life is, God uses him to speak to me. And uh, I have to say, 100% accurate when he's in the spirit. I can take it to the bank, just like I can my husband. That's, that's a precious thing. And so through the years, God has used him. I wouldn't say anything, and he'd call me, and just the spirit of prophecy would come. And I could, I could, you know, when you're first doing this, you got to judge it. Yeah. It's got to come to pass. It's got to be right. You can't just listen to any word. And that's a word for somebody. Yeah. You test, you judge, you observe, yeah. you watch it. And God expects you to do that. You're not being irreverent because you're watching to see if something's accurate. And if it's not, you should note that. And if it is, you should note that. Because you're learning your way in the spirit. You should be observing. But with him and I, God has used him uh, countless times. I mean, I really don't, I, countless. And so on June the 23rd, I was at home, and I actually was watching something on TV with Lukey. And, uh, and my brother called me, and I said, I'll call you back, I'll call you back. I just got to finish up half an hour and I called him back. And when I called him back, the spirit of prophecy came on him. And out came utterances from him. And then there was utterances from me. And it was just this God thing on the, on the phone. It was amazing. And God began to reveal some things to me that I want to share with you. There's lessons in here. Okay? How much time do I have? I've got a little bit of time. God bless you. I love you guys so much. So, with the spirit of prophecy came light to begin to show me the areas that I had to change because we're about to go to the world. Yes. Yes. And if we don't get our positions right, and I really wanted the ministers here tonight, I really did, because this is not about fear. This is, the spirit is there to guide us. As soon as I asked... I mean, I was there. We got home what? I don't even know when we got home after camp meeting. June the 23rd, the answer started coming. I just asked. I didn't fast and pray. I, oh, God. I didn't get afraid. I just said, God, you know I don't know, but I want to know. Show me. However you want to show me. Anyway, it doesn't matter to me, and I'll know it by the Spirit because I know when his voice starts speaking to me. I know when he's, when he's saying something because I've vetted his voice for a long time until I'm sure-footed with it. And so this, I've written some points and I want you to really listen to me tonight because I really believe that there's rescue in it, okay? When it comes to the will and the plan of God, the reason you, he's talking to me, you didn't hear it was because these things have to be sought. When it comes to the will and the plan of God, the specific plan for your life, you have to seek God for it. Most sins of omission... Come from not seeking. Yeah. Amen. It's not because the heart is wrong, but it's because the Lord has not been sought properly in these matters. And because of that, there is no revealing. And because there's no revealing, you don't step into the place of God. And you're stepping out of the will of God and not even knowing it. So let me give you an example. When I was 12, I think it was 12. We had a service in Twillingate, and a prophet was there. And she was accurate in the spirit, was well-known for her name was Dorothy Penn. And she, be, she called up all the youth, and she began to prophesy over all of them. And she came to me and just put her hands on me, and then went and came back and started laughing and said, gifts of healing. And my hands began to burn. You were there, weren't you, Robert? Oh, my gosh, Robert. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's beautiful. And... My hands started to burn like balls of fire. And then the fire started to jump from one hand to the next and back and forth and back and forth. And um, it was notable. So I was rejoicing. But the Lord said to me, I told you about a healing ministry where there would be gifts of healing, but you have not sought me. And I haven't. I have not sought Him. I, this was my mentality I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to do everything my husband tells me as ministry of helps. And when the Lord is ready, he'll anoint me. And so, and then, you know, he's going to put it on me. And God said, no, that's a sin of omission. And you've opened the door. I did not know this. This was shocking to me. I was so happy. I felt like I finally got that tiger by the tail. Because like I said, when I was 40, healing slowed down greatly. Like, I felt like I was smacking my head against the wall. Like, and God said to me one day, he said, when did I ever make heal?" He's trying to give me clues. When did I ever make healing hard? I said, never. When he yanked my spine straight, it was the easiest thing in the world. In other words, he's saying, I do the work. You didn't do any work. I didn't tell you to do laps and this and that and fast for 30 days. You didn't do anything. I just reached down and healed you. And the healing was easy, simple. I don't make healing hard. So I did notice. That in the last year or so, when Craig would call me aside to pray for certain ones, there was a knowing that would come. I knew they were healed. It wasn't like if they take a hold of it, they'll be healed. I knew, it was notable. I could feel a an knowing, and I could feel heat go out of my hands into their body, and we would get the report and they'd be healed. But with not being skillful, the Lord's not pleased, because if you're not seeking, yeah. if He says one thing to you, you should be seeking. Gabby if he talks to you about singing and worship, you can seek him right now, and you actually should be. You don't wait. you seek him, because he's talked to you about that. Right? right? And so this is really important for the ministers, really important for the ministers. It's really important for everyone in here, because it's so easy to sit back on these things, and I didn't realize that I was opening a door. But I realized many years have passed. And as we're stepping into spirit, more spiritual waters, you understand, God doesn't take His hand off you, mm-hmm. but you're out of the plan. Yeah. It is the the enemy watches, yeah. and as soon as he sees a door, yeah. he's going to attack you. This is a hundred percent devil. Yeah. This is not God. God's working with us to keep us in the plan, so that we walk in divine health. Dad Hagen said he for decades he didn't even feel his body, no sickness. No sickness, not from struggle to struggle. It is wonderful to turn sickness. I've got a list this long of things I've turned. But my, my view is different these days. What about this divine health we're supposed to be walking in? Right, right. And we're opening doors, and in a sense, we think we're getting off with it. And we're not. We're not getting off with it. The word is the word. And when light comes, it, by sins of omission, we will open a door. And God wants us to learn how to shut it. Okay. So he, the Lord, will highlight um what you okay, because you ask. So this is the Lord dealing with me. Because you were waiting for the leading, you sat back and I did. I, I just felt I'm in Ministry of Help, so my husband has the healing anointing, okay? But God is waiting for the seeking because he'll speak to you about this matter. And if we don't seek them out after he speaks to us, we don't hear properly. And then we get out of the will of God in these matters, and that brings sickness. Because you are entering into the deeper things of the spirit, you truly can't get away with it. And I'll tell you why you can't get away with it. It's because then you are entering into the realm of spiritual sin. That's what's happening, where people that are not deep in the spirit don't sin that way when they're in the flesh. There's a lot more mercy for them. But the higher you go, the enemy is there. But you don't have to be afraid because the knowledge of God is with you. Right. You shouldn't be afraid. This is, this is not anything to be afraid of. We want to walk with the Lord. Dead Hagen said, it's much more dangerous for us to have spiritual sin than sins of the flesh. That's why it starts to get more dangerous when you get into the deeper things. The error can cause an effect. All you have to do is seek the Lord. Don't try to hear His voice. Be led by the inner witness and he will figure out how to get it across to you. So the five areas that were spoken to me, two of them were prophecy, and the others bubbled up in my spirit, and he showed me. So he showed me different ways. And it was easy. I was not smart enough to get it. It had nothing to do with that. God came to me because I asked. The Lord has to be sought, and I'm repeating some of this. If he tells you anything, you can't wait for a leading in these matters. You have to seek him. He requires that of you. Once God highlights a thing in your life, you're to seek him. This is obedience in those matters. And if you sit down idly in these matters and you don't go towards him, you're not properly discerning your call. That's, That's not just for fivefold. God has a plan for every born again believer. He wants you to discern your call. You're not being skillful and you're not being Right? Remember Dr. Ed, right? He got in trouble because he was advertising praying for the sick. And remember he said, you know, Pastor Nancy said, Jesus stepped out of the the organ. You know, it's a spiritual thing. So, (laughs) you know what I mean? (laughs) He stepped out with those long Galilean legs, he said, and fire shot out of his eyes. Remember, Dr. would say, I felt like saying, was it, are you in a bad mood? What happened? What did I do? I'm here ministering. See, sins of omission. He didn't understand why Jesus was mad. Jesus was mad. Why? Because all of the people would not be ministered to properly. That healing power wouldn't be transmitted properly. And Jesus wants his church well. He wants that healing to go into bodies and drive out sickness because he paid for it. And so he got on the other side of that and he, he, he repented. And, he, and the light came and he was able to adjust it. So when God began to correct this, like I said, I used that term. I felt like I got the tiger by the tail because I could sense the dealings of God. And with that comes great joy. Yes. Because it's difficult to hear the word preached and to go after the word and go after the word and go after the word. And you're sick and your years are passing and you're sick and, you're hurt. Yeah. and you hurt. And we really shouldn't get religious about that. There's, there's a why. Why? We should ask the Lord and seek him. Because he's paid for it. And he wants us to know his will. And he wants us to walk in divine health. Spiritual sin has to be repented of for healing to come. Because healing is in the will of God. But you've placed yourself outside that. It's talking to me. That will. And you can't have healing come upon you. Because you're misplaced in the spirit. God wants us. Right in line. Remember, Dad Hagen would say, I read this, he would say, every year, whatever I'm doing, yeah, that's right. I put it out before the Lord. Yeah. And I ask him, have I picked up something? I'm paraphrasing, but sure. this is what he meant. Am I doing something that's not necessary? Yeah. Or am I omitting to do something that I should be doing? And uh, he would lay it out until he got answers. So in other words, he wasn't being religious about it. He waited until he got those answers. This is a vibrant relationship with the Holy Ghost. We have to know his will for our life. And it's okay if it takes a little bit of time to get there. But we should be not just... I felt smacked in the most wonderful way by God. I must say, I just thought by yielding and by trying to be faithful that I was ticking the boxes. Let me tell you, that was not enough. Okay, so I talked about the healing ministry and then the Lord talked to me about my pace, my spiritual pace. He said, your husband's about to go to the world. He said, if you, he said, you're praying more yes, but there's got to, you have to be swift of feet in your pace. And he's not talking about running yourself ragged, a spiritual pace, a yes from your spirit man, a yes. There's, it's a spiritual thing. It's not, you can run around all day long and look like your pace is great. It's a spiritual yes. It's important because when he tells you to do something, that yes has to be in there yeah. for you to step up. Amen. That, that spiritual pace is a high stepping pace and it's different for every season, but you have to qualify in that season for the next, for, to get to the next. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not about being run ragged. It's, it's, it's skillful to run fast with, without encumberment yeah. because God has to shave things off and say, that's not important. This is important. Right. I'll bring help for that. Yeah. You got to do the main thing. You have to focus on the main thing because yeah. distractions will come. Yeah. But God knows how to deal with distractions. Yeah. He just needs you to focus. He will take care of the other lesser things if you believe him, if you ask him for it. That's right. If you're not naturally minded, but you ask him for it, he will take care of those things for you so that you can focus because the Lord's reasonable. He doesn't expect you to focus on a hundred things. There are main things. This is what we're talking about. The main things have to be focused on. Otherwise, we get into sins of omission. And then, um, that was June the 23rd. Uh, The Lord spoke to me about the healing ministry. I'm giving you examples. I'm hoping you can see yourself in here. Or just be surprised enough to know how easy it is sometimes to miss things, but how wonderfully the Lord came running to give the answers. That's yeah, you got to see that because this is good news. It's not scary. This is good. Other people are getting sick, and they're going in the ground, saved or unsaved. This is light. This means we live long. This That's is right. pure life. This is right. instruction so you don't have to be That's afraid. Right? You don't have to be afraid. And I, I'm right. so grateful. Pastor Nancy led this church. I remember I was sitting there 15 minutes in thinking, oh, this is unusual. Right? I just thought it was unusual. And I realized, I, I don't know how good I was listening the first 15 minutes. I was trying. I was amening. But it slapped me in 15 minutes in. And then the Holy Spirit began to get on me and say, you Listen. This is for you. Yes. Oh, Jesus, help me. Thank you, God. I talked to my husband last night. He said, um, Actually, I talked to him this morning. He said, I know now why God sent me. He said, I can come home now. I, I, he said, I'm not going to, but I, I can come home. I got the answer. And there was an accident right outside the airport. This is my husband. He's, 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 he's tough-minded, which I love, in the sense that there's an accident and he's, Gotta go and change in the bathroom. That's not fun, you guys. You get to a church, you're tired. You're, you've been sitting in traffic. There's an accident. He's not whining about it, but he said, I kept feeling peppered. Just just call him and say, you can't make it. You can't even change in your clothes before you go. Just call him, they'll understand you go tomorrow. And, but he said the spirit wouldn't let him. The spirit said, nope. And he said, I didn't come all this way to go and sit in my hotel room because of inconvenience. So he said, I walked in during like, I think the offering that's not fun. You look late. You, you know what I mean? But anyway, he did it. And God answered him in that service. He had to be there for that service. I'm sure there's more, but he said, I can come home. He said, God had dealings with me. Yeah. Right? Don't you love that? Yes. And then on July the 7th or 8th, when I was in Nova Scotia, uh, God began to deal with me about things in leadership, about stepping up more. Not stepping beyond my place, but Pastor Nancy says it this way, you can't do your office through your personality. You can't. Leadership, you, you can't. You can't, you have to minimize your personality. It will come through your personality, but you don't get to dismiss yourself from things because it feels a little uncomfortable or you think somebody else can do it better because the equipment comes in the office. And if you're not in an office, then god's telling you to do something all the equipping has to come for that you don't get to dismiss yourself from an instruction that god is giving you you don't get to dismiss yourself because of low self-esteem you don't you have to put on god from your spirit man and put on his language and put on who you are in christ and and take his hand and trust him all of the i'm not enough i'm not good enough somebody else can do it better you have to be faithful in your generation Nobody else is going to do what he's called you to do. You have to do it. And, it's, and all of these uh, distractions of the enemy and somebody else can do it better and oh, I'm this and I'm that. All lies, all lies of the enemy. You must trample it beneath your feet. You must see the things he's telling you and you must do them with all your heart. And know that if you're lacking, he'll make up the difference. He'll come on you. If he told you to do it, you can do it. You can be a great success in doing what he told you to do. And if you're at this stage and you still don't know, you've got seeking to do. You're not supposed to be floating. You're not supposed to be in a job you hate all your life. All of us have had crummy jobs and crummy bosses, and, and, and life is like that. You get out, you start. You know, and sometimes some of it's really tough. But you're not supposed to stay there. God, this, the human soul gets crushed when you're doing something you hate all the time. That's not the plan of God. God's plan is full of joy. That's right. You're supposed to be going from glory to glory, to glory. So what's stopping you? Seeking God, doing what he tells you to do. Seeking God, doing what he tells you to do. He won't tell you to do 10 steps. He's going to tell you to do the first one. Listen, just like a minister can get sick from not following the plan of God when he's dealing and he's dealing, he's not putting sickness on you. But the enemy also sees the dealings of God with us. And the misery is nothing worse than working all your life doing something you don't want to do. That's not God, guys. I'm telling you right now. That is not the Lord. He's got a plan. And you might have to go through some muddy waters, but his desire is to get you out of there and establish you in righteousness, joy and peace, and power, and increase for every one of us. Amen. And so he talked to me about things in leadership, things that I had dismissed to my husband because he's good at that and he does that better and that's not me. And God, this is what the Lord said. I I wept when I repented to my husband. This is what the Lord said. He said, I have given you a supreme example in your husband of leadership. And he said, and instead of learning, he said, you have not taken your place and I am displeased. I'm telling you, I cried, but I cried. There was joy in my heart. I was glad. I saw it. I saw it. And with that comes the strength to do it. And I'm telling you, I'm in a different place today because of the correction. But I did not see it until he told me. I thought it was okay to do that. He said, I have given you example after example in your husband to learn, to aid, to run alongside, to be of an assist, to learn skill. And you've dismissed it. You've dismissed it because that's him, that's not me. That's not true. That's a lie. So I repented with tears and with a grateful heart. And I'm different today because of it. And the strength has come and more revelation has come and joy. Joy has come. Joy has come. Then on June the 11th, sorry, July the 11th, you can see the succession. It's quick. There's June 23rd. There's July the 7th. Oh, by the way, when I was in Nova Scotia, my heart was going crazy. My heart was going crazy. I, I would get, it would pull from here down to my waist, like, like a muscle doing this. And then the electrical part of it, they call it the electrical pump or whatever. No, there's the pump, there's the electrical, and then they call it the plumbing. Because I had to get like EKGs and, or what is it, I don't know what you call it, for heart stuff, heart stuff. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right word, but anyway, my electrical part of my heart was going crazy. I would lie down, I could feel movement, and it would go all over, all over, and it was on my left side, and then it would grind like this, and then I'd lie down on my bed, and I could feel the whoosh, my blood going through my head, and I I never check the internet. I don't care about the internet, but I thought, I wonder, I just wonder, I looked it up, it goes, oh yeah, you're gonna have a stroke or a brain aneurysm. Awesome. Awesome, turn that off. You know, but God kept me because I never at any time felt terror, but I could feel, and, and my heart was doing these things all day long, morning, evening, afternoon, night, and in the middle of the night, my heart was acting crazy. So in Nova Scotia, um, as the alignments came, and he, and he dealt with me particularly about leadership in Nova Scotia, in Nova Scotia, remember Lorraine, we talked about this, and uh, and so the Lord had me say this, because there's still, there were still two more he had to talk to me about. But the Lord said, when the enemy accuses you, this is what you say to him. I'm making the adjustments. I'm walking in the light that I know. God will bring more light. But because my heart is turned toward him, it's counted to me as obedience and righteousness. Therefore, Satan, you don't have a legal right. So you don't have a legal right. You have to take your hands off me so and and i he had me say that from my spirit man and thank god for a godly husband you know i just went in and told him and he laid his that beautiful anointed hand on me and he said he told my heart to get back to normal and it's uh, what it was doing all week it just went right back into a normal rhythm and yeah hallelujah hallelujah i say this because things are far more spiritual than we realize but if we're spiritual we're kings if we're spiritual we're, we'll master things like this. So then, July the 11th comes, and I'm almost done. July the 11th comes, and um, I wake up at two o'clock in the morning. And I normally, I've had to talk to my sleep to get it back to normal, and I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But I wake up, and I'm aware of his presence. So I thought I'm going to get up and go in the living room. And when I get in the living room, he says to me, "Turn to the book of Daniel." And I turned to the book of Daniel and I he had me read the entire book. But it was like I was reading it with a pin light. And I it was like I was seeing it for the first time. And I saw the rage of kings. These powerful Nebuchadnezzar was a maniac. You know, he he was he would terminate them in a moment. They meant nothing to him. Yeah. Nothing. He would rage. And Daniel overcame that. And then the changing of the guard. And he's, he's having to deal with Belshazzar and he's, his son who's ungodly. And, and he's having to step in and interpret. And God is with him. And then I get to the part, and I, you know what crowns it all after all of that difficulty with Nebuchadnezzar. Now he's got to face the lion's den. And what does he do? He goes and he prays. And I saw like I was reading it for the first time because God's revelation was on it. And God said, you are moving into more prayer. He said, but you're going to the world, he said, and you're gonna have to deal with the rage of kings, heathen kings. He said, look at Daniel, he never flinched. He knew God, he, he saw what God did. He knew what God did. He saw his friends got chucked into a fiery furnace. God would talk to him and give interpretations. He saw the great deliverance that without God's hand, they would have been decimated. So he was walking in this. And when he got to the lion's den, he knew not to retreat. He knew the dominion of God. He knew obedience to God in a foreign land that was hostile, very hostile. And so he goes and he prays. And so God says to me, do you see this? I said, Father, I see it three times a day. This is a busy man. This is a busy man. He's top at what he does. He's the top. And yet he is known for getting away three times a day. And the Lord said to me, he said, don't trip up on three times. He said, I could have you five times. I could have somebody else ten times. He said, don't legalize the three times a day. He said, but you're seeing Daniel turn to God walk with God pray to overcome impossible things and nobody was there to help him it was God or nothing it was God or nothing so we know with us when we come up against whatever it doesn't matter if there's someone there to help us because we have angels we have the power of God because the angels shut the lion's mouths and God said to me It's a time of equipping. He said, if you go out without that equipping, he said, you can't survive the lion's den. You can't survive the fiery furnace. You can't survive when a king says, destroy them all. But if you pray, it's a different story. You'll overcome it all. And he said to me, you have sought me. You're praying more now than you ever have. And I actually shared this with the prayer the prayer people on that Tuesday. But God said, the, way, the word he used was, you have to know the job of prayer. The job of prayer. Yeah. What's a job? First of all, it's extended. It's the biggest part of your day. There's boundaries around it. You know what you can do. You know what you don't do. You can't use up all your sick days and vacation days or you'll get fired and someone else will be given your spot. He said, you are increasing. He said, but there is the job. There's a revival coming. Yeah. There is a job to prayer. It's not just I touch it today. I get in half an hour here, uh, over there. Oh, I mean, we're increasing. But you know what the Lord said to me? We were out on a prayer walk, and the Lord said to me through prophetic word. He said, he said what I do in the first hour. No, what I, I can't do in one hour what I do in the second hour. And I can't do in hour two what is registered for the third hour. I mean, I know that sounds simple, but I just kind of thought, ooh, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so this, there's things that you, to get deeper in the spirit, you've got to stay in. And it's a beautiful flow. Don't be intimidated. It's a beautiful flow. But there's a job to prayer. There's a pressing in. There's a relentlessness. How many of us have gone to jobs and someone's been mean to us? We don't want to go back. You still go. <laughs> you still got to go, right? Or you're going, but you're looking for something else on the side. You still got to go, right? You might be able to take a sick day or two, but you got to go back, right? You got to go back. There's a job to prayer. It's the highest calling. It really is to be in the presence of the Lord, just cooperating with him to get heaven to earth. And so he said to me, you have, you have been stepping into more. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to show you more is required. And he said this, and I said this to the, to the prayer group too. I said, there's a, I don't know, the, there's a name for it. There's a name for it. That if you give somebody three days to do a job, it'll take them three days. Because you're reasoning out how much per day. Sure. But it's also been studied that if you tell the person, you've got six hours to do that, not three days, they will rise. Yes. Yeah. They, will ri- they will rise. They will rise. And so the Lord said, this is what prayer is like. You've been doing, and I commend you. But now there has to come a rising. There has to come a stepping in. There's a job to this, and I expect you to be faithful. And of course, there's great reward, great reward. You, You get to know God. You get to know God, that flow of the Spirit. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like Him. But you have to step in and be consistent and persistent. Because things have to be prayed out. Because we're going to the nations and great darkness has to be overcome. And we will with prayer. So he talked to me. He was tweaking me. And he said in that prayer is, you got to pray for your husband. I said, Lord, I'm praying for my husband. Praying a lot more than I've ever prayed for my husband. He said, it's your job to pray for your husband. It's your job to pray for that office. Because if you don't, you will hurt the work. He said, You're not gonna overstep. He said, Your job is to get in the spirit and in a sense get not get out ahead of him, but get out ahead in the spirit and clear. Yes. Right. Clear That's things. Right. Yeah. You, you know you yes. felt that yeah. when you get in the spirit river. You know what? You know you're just you're you're moving the, you know, Miss Lorraine, you're moving things, you just you come out of there going, It's done. You're all <laughs> full of fire, it's done, I don't care, it's done. Yeah. Right? We're not stepping ahead of our man of God in that sense, but we're stepping ahead to clear things out of the way so that the anointing can come, so that there's great utterance, great boldness. We're clearing the way because we've got to have miracles. We've got to have signs and wonders. And I will say this, the cup's just not full. It's going to get full. There's going to come a, a time when POLC is going to change. The water's rising, but we've got to keep going. Because revival's gotta come. And if you study other revivals, oh my goodness, it's all the same. There's purification, there's consecration, there's a press, there's a press. But there comes that day when something changes. It's like the cup gets full, and God says, They're ready. It's time. It's like with Elijah. He knew the rain was gonna come. God told him. Go back again. He knew. But there was a press, even then, this supernatural thing is happening. It's huge. You know the Spirit of God was all over him. And yet, he's interceding. This this is a picture of where we're at. This is a picture. Oh, you always say there's gonna be rain coming. You keep saying there's a revival. Our numbers are the same. This is the same, you keep saying, go check again. God said there's gonna be rain. Go check again. The servant was faithful. And then the rain started. And it's going to happen here. That is a picture of revival. Yeah. But you're in, you're, in, you're in intercessions. You're in groanings. You're not seeing it because the cup's not full. We have a job to do. It's the job of prayer. The job of intercession. So I felt like God did that with me where if I was thinking it was three days, now I got four hours to get it done. And it's awesome. It's refreshing because you know you can do it. And your whole it's like he reaches in and jerks the slack out of you and you're better for it and you're refocused and you're thinking right about what's required of you. And then on July the 12th, uh, my brother and I were walking, we were praying and God said, I I don't want you stepping in and stepping out of the spirit. This was the fifth one. Now that sounds a little bit floral. (laughs) Let me explain. When you learn how to walk in the spirit. You've learned to stop fighting in the natural. You're letting the fruit grow up. So you're not fighting with people, you're practicing patience, love, joy. You know how to dip down into joy no matter what's going on around you. It's dangerous to walk up to light and have the word and you're operating in it and then a family member tick you off and you go crazy for two or three days and then repent and get back in. And God has let me do that many, many times. But I'm in a season now where if I keep doing that, I can get sick. Because the enemy is waiting. Not God. It's nothing to do with God. He's my healer. He's my healer. But he, I know enough. I know it's not okay to get in and out of the spirit. It's not okay to be rowing with people. It's not we have love in us. We have to yield to that love. In our marriages. Our marriages are supposed to be sweet. We have, we have to make our marriages sweet. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It is good. We have, to, we have to be so attuned to the spirit of God. We have to let him do his job. We have to let him do his work. Yeah. We have to cease from the works of the flesh and stay in the spirit. Yeah. We're not allowed to be in and out. And yet is grace because he's training us. Yeah. He's a father. You know when you're looking at your 4, five, six, seven, you know, 12, 13-year-old, you keep telling them the same things, same things, same things, right? But then when they're 20, it's not cute anymore. It's like, you know, do you know what I mean? It's not cute anymore. Then it's kind of like, I told you. I told you. When there's war going on around us, it's not okay to get out of peace. When I would hear, I remember when being under Pastor Nancy, I would hear them say things. And I got to, I was like, I knew what she was saying was true, but there's always like a back door where you give yourself like a way out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but like then there's things that are 10, which are 10 in difficulty. And then there's things which are two. And you don't really mean the 10, you know, like you don't really mean that like if something really serious were to happen, like it's just normal to get out of peace. And she was preaching on peace for years when we first got under her. I, I mean, I, I, like I, she vetted all of that because she was talking about a walk of the Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. All of that yelling and screaming and, and backbiting and fussing and yeah. bickering, and God says all of that has to go. Right. Yeah. And he will lead you so that you cease. You have to cease yeah. because he has to do his work. Yeah. Remember what he said, all things are possible to him who believe. Yeah. To him who believes. So you're stepping into the spirit, stepping out of the spirit. That will be tolerated for a while, but the spiritual walk, even under extreme duress, practices peace. Because there's a flow there. There's a whole realm. If we'll seek him, if we'll stay in peace, he promises us that he's our defender. He promises us that he is going to work for us. So we have to... Stay out of his way and stop stepping in and out of the spirit. I can't emphasize that enough. And, of course, when the Lord said that, I could easily pinpoint the areas that I step in. I'm pretty good. Reverend Sandy, I step in. I step in. And something happens. I step out. Oh, I step in. Step out. We're not allowed to do that. Will the Lord's mercy be on us while we're learning? Yes. We have to stay in the Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. He's given you His thoughts, His Word. He's given you His Spirit. He wants you in peace. You know, He was in peace when He raised Lazarus from the dead, all eyes were on Him. He was in peace. It says that he wept they were he wept he groaned I believe in intercession the sisters were there they were mourning their brother this is this is as bad as it gets Lazarus is dead he was in peace you know he didn't even hurry that's how he knew the father he knew the father frantic behavior frantic chaos That's wrong and God's so patient with us, and he'll help us. He'll help every one of us. Yes. But we're people of peace. Yes. Mm-hmm. And every time when we open uh, the door to chaos and, and fighting, and we're opening the door to the devil and saying, come on in yep. and mess with us for a while. Yeah. Yep. It's, not, it's not okay. It's not Okay. So God gave me those five areas, and I actually know that there's more. Because he said, more alignments are coming. I said, bring it on, Father. Because I feel like, I, I feel so changed since, since going down for camp meeting. Sitting there thinking, well, that's interesting. <laughs> Dull as a butter knife. You know, <laughs> that's, that's unusual. You know what I mean? <laughs> Honestly, that was, I remember I laughed at myself after it was over because I had that thought like, <laughs> and then Holy <laughs> Ghost, you better listen to her I said okay father I'm listening you know he's so kind he didn't, he, he's so kind he's so kind and uh, so okay so let me finish I, I don't want to miss anything so okay so he tells me those five areas and my heart is keen because I want to walk on the high places of the earth and the God of the universe spoke to me these five areas I'm absolutely thrilled spank away God Get me in line for the revival. Souls depend on us. This vessel, yes, it's flesh and blood. It's very important. Yes. It's very important. It has to be subdued, but it also has to carry our spirit for the assignment. It's very important. So I come back from Nova Scotia, and I have to do a stress test, and they stick this you know, heart monitor on me, and like there's stickers all over me. And I'm like, this is, feels strange, but okay, I'm going to submit to it. Oh, I want to. I let me back up just one second, one second. In the beginning of all this, I had different things, not my heart, but there was things I was believing for and I couldn't seem to get healed. But I was adamant. This is the point I want to bring out. Craig would say, honey, you know, you could go, it was like my knee, and I was eight years after busting my knee, and I would get better and would get worse, and he'd say, why don't you just go and have surgery on it? It's okay, you got your faith on different things, it's all right, and I was like, no. Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes, I'm healed. And and it's true. But I would get almost mad with him. But no healing was coming. And I was used to healing flowing. And years are passing. And he said, I don't know why. He said, honey, but I just feel like you should just go to the doctor and just, you know. And I was not afraid of the surgery. It's such a simple surgery. You can almost walk out the same day and you're better. It would have been a relief. But I said, no. I know the word and I'm going to stick this out and I'm going to do it. And so... a little while ago, like in the midst of all this, I went to bed one night and God said to me, listen to your husband. That's what he said to me, listen to your husband. Go to the doctor. And I thought, okay, I will. I'll do that. And let me just put it into a small little cap. So There's more to it than this. But what happened in that um, yielding was I went from being adamant Adamant, adamant, adamant. And I just went, okay, Lord, I'm going to be led by the Spirit. I'm going to do what you said. And I turned from my mind to my spirit man. I said, I'm obviously missing something. You're telling me to go to the doctor. And I felt like I clicked from my head and being adamant down to my heart. I don't know how to explain it any better than that. I just stopped being adamant to, Holy Ghost, what are you saying? I'll do that. Okay, I'll do that. No problem. No shame here. I'll do that. And I started the the appointments. And that began this journey. But I was listening with my spirit rather than being adamant. So I fast forward now. I hope this is not disjointed to you. But about a week before, July the 20th, I went to the doctor. But about a week before, I heard the Holy Spirit say, just ignore it. Don't rebuke it because I was still feeling certain things in my heart. Don't rebuke the devil, Don't it, just ignore it. It's just gonna be like, it's just gonna, until it's gone. I said, okay, Father, I won't even acknowledge it. And I was feeling things, but I wouldn't acknowledge it. So I, I did a stress test, I put the heart monitor on, and I go to the doctor. This is so cute. I go to the doctor and he said, do you need any information or what do, you, what do you need? And I had felt like all everything go. I had felt everything go after the Lord told me to ignore, every, every symptom, the whooshing in the head, the heart went back to normal. And so I'm sitting there, I said, no, I don't really need to know anything. I just, you know, just, um, just tell me what the report says. He goes, yeah, I'll tell you what the report says. And he goes, uh, they, they divided. He goes, the electrical, perfect. He said, the pump, perfect. And the plumbing, perfect. And he, and he said, that's great. This is great news. You just made my day. And I don't know why I said it. I didn't mean it. I just said, wow, I don't know why. Like that's, and then I stuck, because the spirit went. And I went, actually, doctor, I don't know why I said that. I said, I'm a pastor. And I said, I've been praying myself through this. And I said, that's the reason why everything came back normal. And he went, hallelujah, I believe it. <laughs> that's exactly what he said. He said, hallelujah, I believe it. That's awesome. You just made my day. And I heard in my spirit, I heard the Lord's words come up and say, it is finished. Yeah. And my heart is perfect. I'm telling you guys, if you could have been in my body, the pain, it, was, it was alarming and frequent and often. And I'm whole. And that's what I mean when I say that, we, we get that tiger by the tail. We don't want to be so adamant. By stripes and be healed, by stripes and be healed. We want to be led by the Spirit with the Word. Yes, we are healed. We are healed by his stripes. But, but he's working with us. And sometimes we're missing things. And sometimes he has to fine-tune us. And healing is never hard. Never hard. He's, never, he's done all the hard work. It's not hard. That flow is supposed to be so easy. How wonderful to just come to the altar and have a man of God just lay hands. Or even speak. And that power just go into you and, and make you whole. This is the this is the beautiful flow of the cross. Amen. So I hope this ministered to you tonight. Yes. I've been very transparent. I was surprised. I said, Lord, you want me to say like all of that? Not because I don't, I'm prideful or that I don't want you to know. But But because it's very personal. But it's okay. I don't mind sharing it at all. But the Lord said, I want you to share it because there's, there's, parts of it that put meat on the bones. And I wanted you to understand that I didn't know. And I do now. And all of us can know. You know, and listen, I will end, end with this. The Lord said, tell the people that when sickness comes, it's not always sins of omission. The devil does attack us, okay? And sometimes he said, they just have to build their faith. And their faith will reach out and take it. He says, so don't, don't go on a mission where everything is, what have I done? What have you, you, you need the Lord to lead you in this stuff or you, the devil will get in there and tell you, you did something now. No, I'm telling you, all my life, whenever I would stand on the scriptures, I was not hunting to see where I opened a door. I would stand on the scriptures and healing would come. But see, I entered into a different realm in my 40s and I'm learning more and so the enemy was more subtle yeah. and I just needed more light. When I was in Russia, it's been a while now, Pastor Nancy prophesied over me. She said, you need more light. God is going to bring it. You need to, God's going to come and bring you knowledge. And, and, I, and he did. At that time, it was about stepping into prayer, to the realm of prayer. And so God has been faithful to us. And he's faithful to everyone in this room. And he wants you to know, and he doesn't want you to have hardship. So it's okay to check ourselves, but be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. The Lord doesn't want you investigating and doing everything in the natural. I remember years ago he told me, don't drink Diet Coke. Oh my gosh. I've Disobeyed and I quit it. I go back on it. I quit. I'm off. I'm off, okay? But I'm telling you, the first thing I thought of when he said you have to make alignments was, oh, I have to stop drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> I've stopped. But that's, that's so small. Compared to the principles he gave me. So, you don't want to do that in the natural. You want it led by the Spirit. And if God's not talking to you, just stand on his word and listen to the leading of the Spirit. Because he will lead you. It's okay to have surgery. Did you hear me? It's okay. Doctors were put on this earth as a tremendous blessing. What would we do without them? They, they cause all sorts of suffering to cease, they're magnificent. They're magnificent servants of God. If the police are doctors, certainly are, let me tell you. They, they cause people to stop suffering. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. So we can, on our journey, we just hold the hand of the, of the Lord. There's no shame in these things. But let's just grow. Let's just grow because our journey is to get into divine health. Obedience and divine health. An easy flow of healing. And discerning the body, the Lord said to me, we've had much of it preached here about knowing your place and where God puts you and stuff like that. But the Lord also said this to me. He said, discerning the body is also discerning your physical body. Because that if the devil can put you in the ground because you don't discern your body, he's going to do it. And and the Lord said, and I'll end with this. He said, people don't realize that, including myself. He's just told me this recently. There is a supernatural flow, he said, of self-control for the body. He said, but what does the world do? They go crazy with diets and this and that. And they have a modicum of success. He said, but the fruit of self-control is in there. But if you never tap into it, if you never pray it out, if you never sit with God and meditate on his word, there's no strength. Your flesh is going to rule. But he said, there is an anointing to self-control the body in any area. And he said, look inward. Because if you look inward, you'll have lasting success. Isn't he good to us? Uh, When he says something like that, your whole thoughts on it change. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. It's not a grind for the believer. Not when we're in the spirit. There's no condemnation in the spirit. Amen.